Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. enjoyed that video three where I got to play an interesting character. I kind of lived it up a little bit. It was a lot of fun to see Matt try to hold it back and not lose oh. it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, how you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. I'm exhausted from that last video. Thank Just you for exhausted. that. Remind, reminded me of like, like a tete-a-tete with my son. <laughs> Fine. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dion, thank you for playing along. I appreciate it. How are you? Howdy. Doing great. Ready for round Awesome. So what we're going to do here is, uh, as video one talked about, Graham Stephan put out a video called The Housing Bubble Just Popped. Uh, hopefully we've killed that by now. But I do want to talk about some of the variables, the articles that he referenced, because I thought there was a lot of very good material. He does an amazing job of collecting. He actually collects a lot of the data that I put in the daily financial news. I just do it daily and he does it maybe weekly or something. But I do want to talk about some of them. One that I think is dead on accurate is he did analysis of payment and he correctly talked about housing is a payment-based purchase. Uh, so in his sample, and I'm giving him full credit for this, he said, hey, if you're, if you're a homeowner and all you can afford is $1,500, you can afford more of a house at 3% than five. And for reference, uh, at 3%, you could buy a 350K house. And at 5%, you could buy a 275K house. So that's a 75K drop. That's a 20% drop in purchasing power. I fully agree with Graham Stephan, guys. Uh, higher rates uh, really hurts purchasing power. Dion, what'd you take from it? Well, I'm glad he finally put it in the right context. Correct. Graham Stephan, meet Kevin, Richard Fain, a lot of the people with a large following will usually just say the math equation. If interest rates go up 1%, generally prices come down 10%, but they leave out. It's not prices that come down. It's your buying power. Correct. So in this one, he actually spelled out your ability to buy is decreased by the increase in rates. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's going to decrease demand. Nope. Doesn't mean it's going to cause prices to come down. It's nope. your ability to buy goes down. Yeah, because what's not said there is the person that could buy the 450 house now has to buy the 350 house. And, Correct. Right. It's just it. It is the interest rates are the great equalizer unless you're one of the few people that can pay cash because then you don't give a rat's ass. It doesn't matter. Right. So Matt, what did you think about uh, that part of the discussion? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, it's, it's good to see that it's actually being shared properly and being put in the right perspective because there are such things as people not ending up buying in the town they thought they were going to buy it. Right. They, they, it happens all the time. Yeah. Like, so, you know, we have, I could have started, there's a town South of us called Portsmouth mm -hmm. where condos downtown can sell upwards of $3 million. Oh my God, wow. No joke, it's ridiculous. It's completely absurd. And so in my market, the most expensive condo to ever trade anywhere, the most expensive was 400K oh. at the time. Okay. So you look at it and you say, okay, so I have to live nine minutes further north. That's what it is. It's nine minutes. Nine minutes. Yeah. It's our downtown to their downtown. 
Okay. So that's, I think what, I think what really needs to be said is that you're buying a home. You don't have to buy it in X place guaranteed. And that's the only option that you have. It's the same thing that happens to people all the time when they're saying, yeah, Dover just got too expensive. And so we went to Summersworth. We went to Rochester. We went to Milton. Exactly. They cut their rent in half when they moved two towns north and 20 minutes north. And it didn't even matter because it actually put them five minutes closer to work. So we see it happen all the time. Yep. Yeah. Well, the one thing with, you said Portsmouth where they were selling for 3 million, you said they could sell for 3 million. The thing is they are. Yeah. Somebody's buying them at that amount. Yes. So Multiple times. house is yeah. worth what the market will bear. Yeah. Right. And, and you're right. So change locations. But a lot of people say those houses are selling for too much. That's unsustainable. If they're selling for that amount and they're not a ninja loan and they're not an adjustable rate loan, that's what the market could bear. Exactly. Exactly. So I love that. So again, shout out for Graham for doing the math again, folks. You could buy for three fifty. Now you buy for two seventy five. You have to you have to change areas. Maybe you have to buy one less bedroom. You can still buy. It's just you may you may not buy your top priority. You may you may have to go somewhere else. It, that's what the market will bear. The other thing I thought Graham did a great job of is kind of highlighting the series of dominoes that we've had for two years that made prices go up 30 percent. And and just for the record, low inventory cheap debt, supply chain, labor shortage, kind of a recipe for higher and higher prices in, in real estate. And I think, I think all of those are true and more. What do you think, Dion? Right. I think the dominoes all lined up and we're not seeing the dominoes line up for a crash in price. Exactly. We are seeing the dominoes line up for a crash in transactions. Mm -hmm. Sure. Agreed. I think the piece that he missed though is wage inflation. That was nothing in there. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at all my notes, and I have about a page of notes. He did not talk about wage. I don't think he talked out. about wage inflation. I could be wrong, but I don't remember him talking about wage inflation, and that obviously is a huge component. Yeah, five point two percent, latest number. Go ahead, Dion. The the one thing I like that he talked about was he talked about home prices going up four point five percent as a national average. But what did we see in most places? You know, in most markets, you know, if we look at yours and ours, and ours it was over twenty percent. Yeah. So there were some areas where we didn't see much, apparently, but there, there, was, there was such a change in other markets that it really calls out something you point out all the time. Look in your market to see what's happening. Don't look at the nation. Um, in other words, you get pretty skewed data. Yeah. Nation's, nation's good, generally speaking, for general trend, mm -hmm. but horrible outside that because that general trend could be what's starting and your market still is on the way flying up or even the one leading the charge down. Yeah. The other one that, that more and more people have sent to me, I must have gotten a version of this article, no lie, a hundred times. It's the one where this Dallas Fed is called a bubble. First and foremost, folks, Dallas Fed never called a bubble. It talked about bubble activity, behavior. Uh, and I just want to, I want to, I've read it enough times. I just want to kind of poke at it. First and foremost, if you watch my channel, you realize that I think the Fed stayed too low for too long and now has destroyed housing because it's, it's de-incentivized people to sell and it's having true demand destruction. When that happens, you can't have a bubble. What creates a, what creates a popping bubble is forced sellers. And it's a cascading effect of forced sellers. 50% adjustable rate mortgages, most teasers, you could map out when this was going to explode last time. Uh, we don't have that today. Uh, we have real loans, real underwriting. 
sure, some people will lose their job and lose their home, but it happens all the time. We're not going to see 2.8 million foreclosures like 2009. Um, it, it's really weird that the Fed didn't point at themselves and acknowledge what they have done. They, they created an environment where all assets went up. They picked on housing, probably because it was a sexy title and it knew it would get clicks. The Fed, the Fed, and I've talked, I have a stock market guy, a Wall Street guy now Monday. I have a, a trader guy on Sundays for the expert series. And the Fed made risk cost zero for two years. So we've had an inflation up in everything, in, in, in businesses, zombie businesses that shouldn't exist because they can borrow at zero. Uh, housing went up for much the same way because rates rates were cheap, and um, yeah, that Dallas Fed article is nothing about a housing bubble. It's it's just debt was cheap and people bought. It's kind of funny. What do you think, Matt? This, this is this is what I mean. This is what the argument for minimum wage to thirty bucks goes to, right? Exactly. When when there's <clears throat> there is correlation. You'll get to thirty, but then uh, Big Mac costs ninety dollars. You know, like that's going to be, that's going to be what happens. And so that rising tide, everything inflates. So it was much more the general inflation story than it certainly was anything about housing specifically. Mm -hmm. yeah. My biggest concern with Graham's video, if anybody finds it, it, it's literally, I think the title was the bubble has popped. Mm -hmm. The second half of the video, he talks about how younger people are more invested in stocks or more invested in crypto than stocks. Mm -hmm. And they're using crypto as a retirement account. And I think that's an entire topic on itself where the, the risk that people are taking with a, a relatively new asset class replacing something wow. with, with this much knowledge on it. Mm -hmm. um, and he put it in the, it was, weird, it was weird. He put it in the second half of the video and it's not mentioned anywhere in the title or in, in the thumbnail. So I'm not sure why he did that. He's usually pretty good at separating it out to make videos with each, with each subject. Mm -hmm. But that's something I think that we should look into one day is, is what percentage of younger people are looking at crypto as their retirement. That is, um, that could work out, could work out. Uh, but I don't, not I don't like, today. I don't like the chances. <laughs> I don't like the, the last thing I will talk about that was in the article, again, the Fed, uh, Fed Dallas, Dallas, the Dallas Fed calling a housing bubble. They talked about rent versus ownership. I wish they had dug into that a little bit more because what is very clear, because we own this and we have thousands of people in our group, rents are exploding across the country. And I actually think that housing in general, housing costs, meaning mortgage payment and rent, I think could be flat for the next couple of years. I think we've seen so much rent increase to be unhealthy, right? I talked to Jonathan Twomley on Thursdays as well, and I'm telling him and he agrees you guys should be planning for zero rent growth, right? These people talking about 5% on top of 5% on top. It's, it can't go. People are truly hurting today. So I think it is very likely that housing, all types of housing, basically is when you do adjusted for inflation is zero. Uh, but that's not a housing crash. And on a real, on a nominal basis, it's up. On a real basis, it might be zero plus or minus 1%. But yeah, I thought that article was... Um, that article has certainly been referenced a lot, uh, but inside the article is nothing that tells me it's going to be a bubble. And, that, and when I say bubble, I mean bubbles pop. It could be a balloon with de-inflates, but it doesn't pop. So 
Dion, uh, last thoughts and where can people find you? Last thoughts is something I learned recently on Minority Mindset. So while that's a trustable source of information for me, I think Jospreet does a great job of his research. Yep. I'm also going to verify this before I make a real comment video on this. We keep seeing rents increasing nationwide, 3%, 4%. The current data says 4.5, so it's creeping up, right? Mm -hmm. They don't go out and look at current rentals to say this is what's happening to rents. They do not. They took a poll of homeowners and they said, if you were to rent out your house, what would you rent it for? Which is, there's no protect professional yeah, it's, terms. It's, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's no, so what they call that in their surveys, owner's equivalent rent. He's absolutely correct. It's been done that way for decades and it doesn't work in a world of 20% rent inflation. Owners don't know. Owners don't no. know. No, I a hundred percent agree. In my area, we've seen 20, my highest one was 28% rent increase at tenants request. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was getting frustrated every time I saw 4%, 3%. I was like, Where's that data coming from? So if they're using an entirely different metric, it makes sense. Yeah. So I actually did the math every time CPA, because it's again, the beauty of knowing how it all works is you can back out a bad number and put a good number in. Yes. I did that this week. So CPI reported uh, 8.5. I backed out there. I think it's now 5%. And then I put in the correct 14 or 15. I think I did 14 and a half this time. Uh, we're actually at 11.2 just with one correction. Correct. Not good. This this is where the terminology comes in. Garbage in, garbage out. Oh yeah, stupid as stupid does. This is this is where it comes from. And the fact of the matter is, is that I agree with Jonathan. I think that there is going to be flat rents for some time to come. What's really interesting is, is I think there's still asset winners. Mm -hmm. I think the asset winners are homes with a high number of bedrooms, mm -hmm. duplexes with a high number of bedrooms, <laughs> small multifamily, two, three, and four, that have large units. Because you're going to start seeing it. I'm seeing it now with my renewal side. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, you know what? Yeah, we'll stay. Because they're doing the math. They're seeing if I go out and I get a studio apartment, it's going to cost me 1400 bucks. If I stay here in this house, it's 750 for my part of the rent. And it's times four guys, it's 3000 bucks. So a yeah. lot of people are making that choice. And my number was really 400 Right. At 400, I start making money. So 750 is beautiful. And I think that that number, those high, high bedroom density duplex tries and quads, mm -hmm. you know, where you have four bedroom units or five bedroom units, those are going to go off the charts. Those are, those are going to absolutely go off the charts because it's going to be Airbnb level type of rents without all the hassle. Yeah. Spencer Cornelia, a big guy in Vegas, right? Big YouTube channel. Yep. He, he does Las Vegas homes by the bedroom and just crushing it. So makes a total sense. Matt, where can people find you? Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and Lumberjack Landlord on Instagram. Awesome. And Dion, how about you? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. Thanks, guys.